Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Colin A Man's Answers Show every Tuesday and Friday. Merry Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. Best day of the year. But as always, do not forget, if you haven't already, subscribe to me on your favorite streaming platform. Follow me on my social media at Colin Demands for updates on the Colin Demands Answers Show. This includes like giveaways, prizes, behind the scenes, how to be a guest, and more. But other than that, thank you for being here. This is episode 30 with Big Bo. Check it out. All right. All right. Welcome. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, I'm glad you could. Uh, we can make this work. I mean, obviously... Both of us have had our seasons halted because of the pandemic, but um, it's cool that both of us actually are doing something that's creative that's not having to do with sports. Uh, so let's talk about that for a little bit. Tell me, honestly, because I don't know if when I went to school with you, if you were making music yet. I think you were, but you were just starting. How did you yeah. get into that? Uh, was it just something you were always like wanted to do, or was it something more that like you just kind of fell into it? So it's kind of weird. So like when I was growing up, we uh, we grew up in Atlanta. So my dad was always playing like Yin Yang Twins, Lil John. Like I was growing up listening to DMX, 50. So I kind of like never listened to any other type of music. So then I saw a bunch of people rapping my freshman year and I was like, okay, like let me try it out. So I was just doing it for fun. And then that's when I got my scholarship taken, but we could talk about that in a little bit. So um, then I just started making clean music and then it just kind of took off from there and I'm trying to make a career out of it now. Yeah, let's talk about that. So you got your scholarship taken, um, I'm guessing from making explicit music, correct? Um, yes, correct. I mean, you don't have to share everything, but what happened and everything. So me and my homie made a song and then I was basically just talking about negative activity and like negative content. I guess you could say. And then within like three hours, I got a call from a school that I was committed to. And they were like, yeah, we're going to remove your scholarship because we don't want that image. So after that, I really didn't get a call from any like division one because the whole rap image in baseball is not really like what teams want on their team. So I was like, so I was still making music for the other three years that I wasn't putting out anything. And it was all just like undercover. And then I was like, dude, I have to put something out that people can listen to and know it's me. So then I started writing clean and it was eh. And then I started making like actually decent songs. So that's when I started taking it seriously. So do you still, I can't, I, I, like, it, like listening to your songs, I can't think of one right now. Do you still make clean music or do you, do you go into the more explicit? I don't cuss at all. Really? Nope. That's, pretty talented honestly the, to, the, to be able to do that that's crazy because like yeah now that i think about it i haven't heard any any really people don't even notice movies. that's the thing people yeah. don't even realize it that i'm not cussing so that's like a good that's thing wild I guess. so do you think okay here's a question when you look forward like into the future does it become in your eyes more baseball or more um, music creation or is it like simultaneous simultaneous the same like at the same time i would say it's like mm, baseball is really a sport that you have one shot and if you don't take it it's just like football like you know it's like you have one shot after i get or i don't get drafted or i don't get signed or anything then it's kind of like it's over i don't have any other chances to make that happen so i'm just gonna play this baseball thing out as long as i can and just try to do good in that and then while i'm doing that just have music on the side and then once one takes off or the other, then there we go. 
Are you going to okay? Hypothetical here. If say baseball, like you don't get that one shot, would you then start making explicit music, or do you think that like your thing is kind of clean music? Well, my thing is kind of like it's kind of cool because I hear like little kids listening to it, my grandparents listen to it. Like it's I can show it to anybody, and nobody's gonna be like, "Oh my god!" Like he's talking about this. So it's kind of cool. I don't know. I think I would definitely start making a little bit explicit, but it's not going to completely change my whole like topic that I'm talking about. It's not going to start talking about guns and all that, like and violence and stuff like that. But yeah, I think I'll cuss in the future for so. Yeah, definitely. I was thinking swear words. That's kind of, I, I swear on this, but this is, a di- <laughs> it's, it's a different look when that you tell people you're doing a podcast and you say things or you like, or I'll talk about like things, you, whether you've done it in the past or someone else has done it. It it's even looked different upon than rapping. Rapping just has this negative connotation exactly. to it. So I could totally see that. Cause what, like, I mean, not that like everyone's going to sit down and listen to an hour and a half of me talk to somebody, but they'll listen to a little bit. And if they hear me swear now, I have had some people who are maybe more religious or, or um, they just, you know, don't like swearing or anything. Tell me that I swear a lot. And that's actually one of the reasons I'm, I switched from what the fuck we're calling to calling demands. Um, but, you know, like it's, it's, it is weird how rapping has this super negative connotation with it. And it's like really easy for people to like just throw you out when you like say like, oh, I'm trying to be or like I'm, I'm rapping, you know? That's what like, that's the thing too. When my mom and me did the interview like a couple of days ago, she was really just explaining to all of her like following that I'm a rapper, but I have like meaning behind my stuff. Like I'm not just going out and talking about what they usually talk about. And I don't know. I feel like I'm in a different, nobody else is doing what I'm doing right now. So that's what I think it's different. And I feel like if people hear my story, they'll, they'll appreciate like what I'm doing more than just listening to my music. It's cool to have a niche too. Like when I started this, I, I was like, I'm not going to have like a little thing. Like I'm not going to have a thing that I do, you know? Um, and I was, I stuck by that. I was like, I don't want to have something that I'm like, like every episode I do, you know? But then like doing it after a while, you just kind of create one for yourself on like on accident um, with like with anything. And like, like you said, with your um, like you talking about meaningful stuff, but you're all doing, you're also doing it in a clean way. Um, so I think it's cool that you have your little thing because it is important to build, even if you want to build an insane or super large audience, it's important to build your audience first because, you know, not everyone's going to be Jack Harlow or Joe Rogan, you know, but you can be you and you can grow your audience and then you can expand that. So I think it is important to have your own little niche and grow your audience before you grow exponentially, you know? Sure, for sure. Um, I just think it's, like I said, it kind of just like separates me because I'll go to the studio and a bunch of people pull up and they see me and I'm not the stereotypical rapper like look and they see me and they're like, okay, like what's up? And then he's like, oh, this is my artist. And he's, they're all looking at me like I'm crazy. And then they hear me rap and they're like, okay, like it's decent. Like, and then they don't even notice that I don't cuss. And then I tell them and then they're like, that's ridiculous. So it's kind of cool. Like I said, I didn't, I did not know that you didn't cuss. Like I, you cannot tell. Um, yeah, it, I will say this. Um, you do not look like the way you sound, you know, at all. Um, which is a, which is a good thing. 
because not a lot of people can have like you don't want to like look like how you sound like no one does you know right. and so like when you when i first listened to one of your songs um i think it was off your last year like i think it was off your album the first one you put out the it was called atlanta what was it called atlanta to vegas yeah um i was like this is it this i i thought you were gonna be more like not like you're gonna be more like jake or something but you're gonna be more like like almost like the like even like the uh melodic type yeah like little baby gun i was i was thinking the word it starts with a c compression almost like they have that compression on the voice it's like you know but then then i heard you rap and i was like this is hard like you 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 like i can't like i can't even give you an example of who you rap like like in my mind um but definitely like i could hear that hear that um that atlanta sound for sure but also you also are bringing in some vegas sound that like people don't know about you know because the cool thing about vegas that i've always said about like music and everything is like everyone's like oh this is the bay's music this is atlanta's music this is philly music it's like we got all of it we're like a melting pot of music exactly. we're a melting pot of cultures a we're just a mixture of all of that and that's why i think it's cool because i have west coast songs i have the song i just dropped on is like, gonna beat but i'm on some real stuff so it's kind of like everything mixed together so i think it's cool that vegas is really like the whole stirring pot for all the music types so you said uh you already said some people that your dad would listen to when you were growing up but who would you say that are the top three most influential artists growing up that you like kind of not that they molded your style in a way but you kind of were influenced by i would say 50 cent if i like if you listen to his music and then listen like the words that i'm saying i probably like i say very similar stuff to him like the way he phrases things i didn't even realize it until i started listening to him again so i'd say 50 cent um just like i don't know shoreline mafia i didn't really listen to him like that but the way that they flow on beats and it's just kind of smooth and everybody's head bopping the whole time i just tried to like do it like that and have people like into it the entire song and not just one part of the song and then i'll probably say Right now, my influence is Gunna because just the way his flow is, it's just unmatched. And so, and he's from Atlanta, like Lil Baby, all of them, they just have different flows. So I'm trying to figure out, get my own flow. The cool thing about music that I've always loved is that it you can have like the same type of music and you can like the same type of music, but in each individual person who creates music or each individual person who listens to music, there's a different type of uh, song or different type of, um, I guess, entertainment. It's like every single person is not going to like the same things. And you would even say to an extent that every single person has, even if they like grow up in the same households, listen to the same thing, have a different type of like ear Right. for um, music and it's cool because like like you said little baby and gunna are very influential on each other and they i know they worked a lot together but they sound completely different and there's and they're very and they're both very hard but they are also are both very influential in their own domain domain right. yeah right. like i would say that the atlanta sound for sure was influenced by like little wayne uh, that south sound from new orleans and then and then um young thong i would say was influenced by lil wayne and then all these new age uh, atlanta artists were um influenced by like young thug and everything but like as it keeps growing and keeps getting into the future and everything there's always new people who take it their own route they can be influenced but it's like their own sound you know yeah i got you uh I mean, that makes sense because like it's honestly weird because i was in atlanta for like the first half of my life basically and so i wouldn't say like music never really crossed my mind when I was out there. It was always, we were like, my dad ran a karate school. So we were all just grinding that. I got my black belt and then I quit as soon as I got it. And 
start playing baseball and then music didn't really happen until these past couple of years, but now I'm taking it like very seriously. Do you uh, ever find yourself like still remembering like karate moves and stuff? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't really try to do it a lot, but I used to do the bow staff, like the stick basically. And I used to go and run tournaments like crazy. If I wanted the third place trophy, I'd literally get third place on purpose just so I could get the cooler trophy. So I used to like, we used to run that all the time. And then my dad had a bad back surgery. And then that was basically the end of the Bobo karate. So what's the craziest thing you've ever seen, like at a karate match or the craziest move you've ever seen performed? Like even even if it's you at a karate match. I did this like spinning jump kick and I knocked this kid out on like this big stage with like 3000 people watching. And then the match right after it, this dude clapped this guy's head and made him deaf in one ear. Wait, so, how did, wait, okay. He like clapped like, like we were like this and like clapped his ears together and literally made him deaf in one ear. Like for like all time or just that time? <laughs> for all time. I was like, wow. I didn't how, think that was legal, but well, well, why, why does that happen? Is it like the sound vibration that goes through? I think your it ear? Is, yeah. And it's just compression and stuff like going, I don't know, but yeah. Let's dive into that. Why do you think that happens, honestly? I have no clue. It's honestly, my dad always said too, like, if you really want to get somebody, like, open hand, slap their ear, and it'll just make, like, a ringing. So, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. So, I got pulled up on the big stage, and I didn't even know I was going to fight on the big stage. This one, I was, like, eight. And this other kids were about to fight, and he looks good. So, I'm like, all right. So I ended up destroying this kid, like, the first round. And then the next round, that's when I knocked him out. And then I was super hyped up. And then I get off the stage and we're walking. And then, like, another fight starts. I'm like, all right, let's watch this. So we start watching it. And it was these two grown dudes, like, going at it. And I'm talking, like, packed house, like, big arena. And all I remember was the ambulance, like, people on a stretcher coming to get, bro. Like, he couldn't get up type stuff just from getting clapped in the ear. He couldn't even get up. So I was like, and my dad was like, yeah, that's probably what happened. And then we seen him like a little article about it. So it's honestly crazy. So I haven't seen anything crazy in like a fight or anything. Um, but I just remember my junior year, um, actually a football game against Green Valley. Um, Xavier, uh, he hit uh, the quarterback on a run and broke his collarbone. Like anybody was still standing there. And <laughs> – and as he broke his collarbone, he broke the quarterback's back. So there's just like this crazy hit. They just hit, and he's like standing there over him. The quarterback's on on his back, and so in that hit, the quarterback broke his back, and Xavier broke his collarbone. So like you just have to imagine the amount of force that has to go into a hit like that. It's got to be like if they took like the miles per hour or something into it, or like the the velocity. It has to be like almost the amount of like. I have no idea. Like maybe a maybe like a car going like twenty miles an hour into a wall or something like that. But something crazy, you know? Right. I mean, it's like even in baseball stuff like that. Like injuries. When I tore my meniscus, like I never even never even crossed my mind that I would ever have knee surgery or knee problems or anything like that. And we were up ten nothing in the third inning against El Dorado, and I was on first base. And Bake, my coach, didn't really give me steal, but he kind of did. And so I started running, and then I realized that I shouldn't have ran. And then very late, I slid and, like, jammed my knee. 
and I tried to stand up and it wouldn't even go straight and I like had to get carried off and it's just stuff like that and it's like you don't really see it coming and then it happens and it's like wow this is like real life is that the worst injury you've ever had yeah that was baseball related yes that was the worst injury I've ever had okay not baseball related what's the worst injury you've ever had it's actually a good story so you know the shot that you have to get in middle school, like to go into the next grade. Did what? you guys have to get that? Like the, it's like a T dash. Oh, shot. oh, I, there's something. I think it's tetanus. You have to get one of them, right? One of them is tetanus. I, I think, think. The one was tetanus, and then there's one that was like T dap or something like that. And it's like the flu shot basically mixed mm-hmm. with something else. And so I get that flu shot, and then that was like on a Wednesday. There's like three weeks left this sixth grade or seventh grade. Whatever. And then so that weekend after I started sweating, I had a baseball tournament. I had like 104 fever. It was just all bad. And I was like, what's going on? So we went to the doctor and he was like, it's a bug. It'll pass. Like, you'll be good. I was like, all right. So then the next Wednesday comes around. I wake up and I had plantar fasciitis, which is like that foot problem where if you sit too long. So I just thought it was that. And I felt like needles were in my feet. So I'm like, what is going on? So then as the day went on, my calves started hurting. And I was like, dude, I'm just getting bad growing pains or what's going on. So then after school, my mom, she like takes me to the store and I'm like, I can't get out of the car. And she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, I can't walk. And she was like, all right, well, I'm just going to go in like you stay here. Didn't think it was like a big deal. And then I get home and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to sleep it off. And then my dad called me down for dinner and I fall down the stairs and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, dude, I can't walk. So he takes me to the doctor. There's one doctor left at this office we went to. And he was telling us, he was like, can you try and stand up for me? All this stuff. And then when I tried to stand up, he looked at my parents and was like, if this is what I think it is, you need to go to the ER. So we go to the ER and you know how there's white blood cell counts and there's red blood cell counts. So like my white blood cell count, it's used, like supposed to be 100 or 200 and lower. And mine was at like 1,200. And basically what happened was is that Tdap shot, it started eating my muscles starting from my toes. And it had eaten every single muscle in my leg all the way up until like my hip. So I was literally paralyzed for like a week and a half. And then they were just pumping through fluids. And yeah, it was that was horrible. That was crazy. Was it like – you had to like learn how to walk again or it was just like a week later you're like oh i'm fine no nah, it was like every other day or every day they tried to get me to walk and i couldn't and they're like dude what is going on so like they just kept taking blood like kept testing it i had blood taken like five times a day for a good two weeks and it was insane because it started going up it was at like three thousand at one point the blood cell count and it was literally just about to kill me. And if I would have went to sleep the other night, like it would have went all the way up and I would have been dead. Like that's what they said. So nice. I was like, yeah, it was a crazy time, honestly. So that came from the shot? Mm-hmm. That's why I've never gotten a shot after that. See, here's the thing. Now, now we start getting into the COVID vaccine. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, and it makes me think. So they told me, or they say that if you have a, if you have like allergic reactions to things, you can't get it or you're not supposed to get it. And so I'm allergic to amoxicillin and penicillin. Like I swell up. So I'm not getting it. Like that, I'm not getting it either. <laughs> but I want to hear now. See, because of that story, you are you like, all right, not that you're anti-vaccination, like you think there's some vaccination work, but are you like more hesitant on letting people you love or you get vaccines? 
Yes. After it's actually crazy. So after that happened and I was in the hospital, my mom and dad literally swore that I would never get another like flu shot, like any type of I'd rather just have the flu than be paralyzed. Like once I saw like the reaction that some people can have and they said that it's rare, but they said it does happen. So to see that reaction and like other people have had that happen to them, I'm like, dude, no, (laughs) I don't care what kind of reaction. I don't I'm not allergic to anything. I don't have any reactions. I usually went and got shots all the time, like every other year. And then that just one time, I don't know what was in it, but that's why I'm like super hesitant. The only time I get needles like stuck in me is like drawing blood. That's it. I hate needles. I, I cannot do needles. My, uh, my girlfriend's mom is an IV technician and she's a nurse and an IV technician. And so she's like, always asked me, always asked me if I like, want an IV, if I'm like feeling like down or like ill or something. I'm like, no, can't do it. I cannot do it. I cannot see something go into me. Like I, no, I can't. I'm sorry. No, especially into a, like a big vein, like the one in, like in between your arm. No, I can't do it. But that's crazy. I've never heard anyone who has actually been affected by a vaccine like that. Um, because they, but it always gets me thinking, like especially this one, because you don't know the long term effects of it. Don't know. This is a first time vaccine, yeah. and we really don't know what it's gonna do in ten years. What if everybody dies in ten years? That's what I'm saying. So I'd rather take my chances with the vid. Um, two weeks and be good. <laughs> here's the thing: I think they should test you for antibodies before you get the vaccine. I think so too. And but, I think the tests, like, they should run, like, hella tests. In your yeah. Body, like, make sure everything is, like, where they need it to be for you to get the vaccine instead of just giving it to whoever. Yeah. It's a weird disease, though, man. It's it's c- definitely created in a lab because there's nothing like this. It doesn't just, like, the way it mutates and things like that, it's just weird, man. It's just, like. This and, whole and, has just been weird. Oh, my dude, I know. The only thing I can say that I've been saying this to a bunch of people is that I did get the chance to start this podcast and it is doing well. So I'm glad that that happened, but I'm not glad that this year happened, you know? Yeah, it, this was a good opportunity for my music, too. I really started, like, because I was, I would say I met my producer last year, and then he started really, like, taking me under his wing and, like, showing me a lot of stuff. And then this when this year hit, I was like, oh, this is, like, perfect time. Everybody's bored. Everybody's just sitting at home. Like, I could drop music. And so that's when I was like, I got to figure it out. And then I started making, I made bands, the one song that I made the music videos to. Um, and he was like, yeah, this is it. And then he signed me to his label. And then we just got cooking after that. So, you know, uh, one of my friends, Poe Mai, huh? Yeah, Poe Mai? He went to my, he went to my college before he transferred to CSN. Really? Yeah, he went to Pacific. So I go to Pacific. He he played football with me uh, my freshman year, and then he transferred to CSN. But yeah, I was I was just I was just talking to him because I thought he was at the Speedway, and he was like, "This is Hawaii," and I was like, "It looks like the Speedway." Um, but I I think it's funny how like he li- like he he'll just like post snaps because like he was my friend from college. So like usually when you have, you meet people in college, like when they snap, you don't like see people that you know. And he posted yeah. your music video, and I was like. Hey, that's Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> no, Palma is a cool dude. It's honestly like, it's cool in college because a lot of high school kids are just stuck up and they were just worried about the wrong things. And it's really like, after you realize that after high school, none of that really matters. Like it's real life and it's on you to make sure that everything happens or you're screwed. Like it literally is up to you and not, it's not really like someone's guiding you. And so 
meeting all these dudes on my team, they're actually like want to be there. They want to play. They want to win. So it's like a genuine like family. So it's cool. Got a lot of new friends and brothers out there for sure. Definitely for sports. So if you play college sports, you're all really in the same and like you all have the same mindset, you know, you want to win, you know, no one wants, you're not going to play at that level. If you don't want to win, you know, it's not just about fun at that point. You want to win. You want to do well. You get, want to get the accolades you can get. And maybe you want to play in the, in the next level, but it's really cool because those like, even like I said, like those, like the people that you play with those boys, they really become your brothers. Like you spend like all day during season, like all day, basically with those people, like meetings, uh, film, all that stuff. And so, it's 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 definitely a cool experience that if you're good if you can't um Jesus. if you can't if you don't experience it um then you can't you don't know what it is you know i think it's i think it's definitely cool and i was always the type of kid that really wanted to like win and state was like my big thing so when i got to see us and i started like talking to all the dudes and they there was they were loud at practice, like screaming it. Like it was just competitive and I loved it. It was like just fire between everybody. And it's like, you have to, you have to compete way more to get a spot. Uh, you have to compete because there's 40 other dudes. It's not high school where you know you're going to play. So you don't really care about it. But every day you were busting your, like I was busting my ass this whole fall. Every single day I'd come home and being exhausted after like a three hour practice, just because I know I needed to get a spot. So I think it's definitely a different game, but it's helped me out for sure. Um, another thing is too, like, and anyone can do this. You don't have to play a sport to do this. It's just you get it more in, in uh, with sports. The feeling after working out, like early in the morning, and you're just like, oh, I have the rest of the day, but like knowing you got to wake up in the morning is one of the most horrible feelings, but also good feelings. You know, like you hate waking up and you hate doing the workout during it, but then afterwards you feel so good. And like, I always, I, I hate running. Like I, I cannot stand running, but I love the feeling I feel after I run. Um, so. We had weights every day and it would be at like five thirty, five forty-five. So we, I'd be up four o'clock because it's in Henderson. So it's like, it was tough on my sleeping schedule, but I felt like I felt better about myself after that, like after the fact. Sure, I was up at six o'clock, like just not doing anything after weights, but I just went and worked out. Like I did something productive in the morning instead of just sleeping in like everybody else. Yeah, we always um we had practice in the mornings because like basically no one was playing this semester, but everyone was practicing. So we would have practice at on it'd be seven. It was like you would you, there's two groups because you had to be separated. So it was like a six o'clock group and a seven o'clock group basically. Um, and I was in the seven o'clock group for Tuesday, Thursday for half the uh, semester, and then the six o'clock group the entire semester for Wednesdays. And just like getting home at like seven thirty, and just like knowing that you don't have class till later, just being like chill and like being like, I can get some stuff done and I can read and do whatever I got to do. It's like, it's a good feeling because like, honestly, and also if you go to bed, like at a reasonable time too, like it just like, you're just like, I feel good about like just me, myself getting things done, you know? Right. Right. You feel accomplished. Yeah. It makes you feel like, like not that waking up at 11 
like feels like shit, but it feels like shit, you know, like, like waking up and you feel rested, but like, you were like, dude, I just wasted like my whole day. All basically. my day. Exactly. That's what happened to me all during quarantine too. So like the unknown demon song that I just dropped, I don't know if you listen to it. It's really about like, me- I like, I don't know how to explain it. Cause it is like mental health and like stuff that I was going through with like my homie that passed, but uh, where was I going with this? Uh, waking up at 11. Oh, uh, yeah. So I was literally, I'd stay up to like, I think it was March to like July. Every I'm not even kidding you. Every single day I was up till 5 a.m. And then sleeping till like 3 o'clock. Because I literally was just like in a whole different state. And so every time I woke up at 3, I was like, I need to fix this. But then I did it. And then it was like, dude, you have to figure it out somehow. And I don't know. I feel better now that I'm actually like getting sleep and I'm actually feel like awake and rejuvenated when I get up and I don't feel sloppy. Two things, just a little digression. Uh, that juice rolled is it's like artwork is awesome in the back. Uh, everyone who's listening right now, not seeing the audio, he has a juice rolled portrait kind of thing, artwork um, on his wall. And it's, fucking dope too um there's a time and a place for like not sleeping like i mean not like you shouldn't not sleep but like there's a time and a place if you're grinding like especially you with music and stuff and you stay up till two um and then you wake up at seven and you like get right back to your day like that's fine like we're young enough to where that's fine we can rejuvenate it and like sometimes you need to do that like last night i was up to like shit two thirty. just because i did a podcast last night and it was live so i had to post it usually like this one will be I, I, this one won't be posted for a week and a half because like i hold on to them so that when i do go back to school i can release them you know um but i i like it was live so i had to like edit it i had to edit my clips get them on youtube get the release do the audio and post it by this morning at nine because that's my like release time and so i was up until like 2.30, went to bed at like, I mean, woke up at like 7 something because my girlfriend was going to work. And um, and like, that's fine. Like, I, I felt fine. Like, you know, like, and, but, the, you know, that doesn't happen all the time. Usually when you stay up, you sleep in the entire day. You know, most people who are going to stay up don't wake up early. And that's the problem, I think. I think the problem is a lot, like when you when you stay up in the night and you don't wake up early and get your day started. It's all about the morning. Right. And it's like, you almost caught me lacking this morning because I was at the studio last night to like four. So it was, a, it was a long night, but I was working with Lil Dirk's producer and he was making a couple beats for me. And hopefully Dirk pulls up tonight. So we'll see. Is he in town? Yeah, apparently. I can't say hello because he's on like alert mode, but yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. So That's... hopefully I'll out. Um, one of the cool things that I've noticed uh, about doing this podcast and stuff is the people I'm meeting are dope. Like content creators are dope people. Yeah. And like they have the same collective mindset as me. Like even like I would say you, like we're both on a mission doing our own respected things, something creative, trying to build ourselves up. And yeah. and so like it's cool to meet those people because like like all the billionaires say is like if you're poor, look who's around you. You know, if you're not being not even poor, let's not say that. Not successful because right. there's a different varieties of success like look who's around you you know like are the people around you bums or are you hanging out with people who like are trying to like succeed in life you know and that's what i really i really pride myself on doing that too because my mom always said you're gonna be who you hang out with so i always try to keep myself with positive-minded people or motivation like motivating people that want to really get better and not only just 
get themselves better, but make sure that I'm doing my thing and like all of just supporting all of that. And so positive people like that, I think definitely help your mindset and just being successful in general. Positivity. I like bringing this up when I'm doing my podcast because there's nothing like being around a positive person. Um, now again, negative, negative, negative people have the same kind of effect. Like, uh, cynicism brings, brings company, you know? Um, but pause positivity is energy. Like it exists outside of humans. And when people are like super positive and vibrant and they, like they're pushing it out into the world and you can like feel it, you know, and it's one of the greatest feelings ever. Like I, you cannot meet someone who's like super positive and you could hate them because they're so fucking, you're like, why the hell are you so positive all the time? But you can't like not feel happy, you know? Oh yeah. And something I've been struggling with is I, uh, I haven't played in a game it's, it's for two years now, uh, football. Cause I had two injuries. And, um, so f- since my freshman year, I haven't been playing, you know, I will. So freshman year, sophomore year, I tore my labrum and then, um, junior COVID. So, right. you know, I haven't played and like, you know, I've, I'm a big, so I'm not going to the league. Like there's no way in like, there's no way, like my body's not healthy enough. I don't feel like there's no way like, and I, I'm not even good enough. Like, you know, like I haven't, like, I'm just not made for the pro- for professional athletics, but so like my life, like while playing sports has been like, almost like, not that it's been hard and like, it's been down, but like I've, I've been down, you know? And it's like, what I was in struggling with me is like football, like my senior year and everything, like I, it just made me smile every day. You know, you would leave and you would just like, whether or not you had a good, like it was just made me smile, you know? And I haven't felt that in a while, except when I started this podcast, like when I started this podcast, like every time I'm done, like I can't stop smiling, giving off this positive energy when I'm, um, when I'm done, which is really cool. It's just, it, now it's like, where does it become? I like, where do I split it? You know, like, where do I think, okay, here's football. I love it to death. Um, and here's podcasting, but which one do I put my more energy into, you know, cause one's given me so much more positivity, but the other gave me like, you know, so much time that I, an effort that I, put into it you know and that's like that's kind of what I went through honestly with my senior year I didn't get to play and so it was plus that whole fall I mean kids were too worried about whose girlfriend was doing what or where they were gonna go eat if they didn't get invited like it was just too much going on that literally every practice I would call somebody and be like dude this team is pissing me off like I couldn't do it and it was like to the point where I was telling my mom and I was like, listen, this is like, maybe it's just not what I want to do. Like baseball is just like, not my calling. I like, I love it. And it's been my passion, but maybe it's just not what I need to be around. And then she was like, do you think it's the people? And I was like, honestly, it might be. And so I was just going to see how it played out. And then I got to CSN and it was a completely different game and a completely different vibe. And then after practice, I was like, this is lit. Like, this is fun. This could be like my life. And it's really cool, like, surrounding your people that are positive, like you said, like, those positive vibes and energies, like, really travel through the air. And, like, if you're down or something, like, I'm into chakras and crystals and all that stuff. So I think that if someone's down and you really, like, put your mind to it and you're a positive person and you're trying to help them or you're trying to give them positive vibes, it's going to happen. Like, I don't think people understand how much energies really travel and really help other people and they don't even notice. 
it's crazy too because like people like who don't believe in energies and things like that you can just give them be like well what happens anytime anyone sees a baby a puppy anything that's just like super like precious and and everything they're like everyone smiles you see a puppy happy you smile you see a baby happy you smile it doesn't matter who you are you could hate people but you love those things and it's like what is where does that come from? You know, it's not, it's, it's the energy. It's, it's the positivity. It's the potential. It's the, it's the childlike um, play, you know, that we, that we as adults, like, or like young adults, even like we're losing, you know, cause we're getting into this place where we're like, we have a job and you know, everything. And, you, and so like you, they say that you get it back when you're like an old age, you know, you lose your childlike play and then you get it back when you're a grandpa, but it's like, it's like, if you don't believe in energies, bro, you just don't know anything because like you, you like that's, there's no, nothing more that like pisses me off than people who are like, I know this, no matter what it is. Like, I know this, I'm right about this. Or like, uh, like, 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 like not that like fundamental Christian is like, this is what happened. Or like atheist, like, this is how it happens. It's like, bro, just believe like close-minded something. People. Close-minded yeah. people. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, dude, Nobody knows anything. We're just a bunch of chips, chimps who think now, and some of us are super smart. And, and we look at, like, we sit in theaters and we watch movies and it makes us feel things. Or we listen to a song and it makes us feel things. No one knows anything, you know? And so those people who are, like, super negative and down, like, people suck. Or, like, um, th- this is one I hear all the time, too, from um, – it's too well, – this is not necessarily from negative people, but this is from, like – like this world is too awful to bring a child in this world. This is like, dude, child, children bring more positive energies into the world. It's like, you can never stop being positive. You know, like you have to keep pushing forward, being positive. If you want the world to be better, you know? Right. And like dealing with deaths and stuff like that, it really messes with your energy. And I really understood that. And once you figure out that, this world we're just really tiny fish in a gigantic ocean once you figure that out and like realize that there's so much more to life that we don't really see or know about and stop being self-centered about it then people are way better off and i've noticed that off topic what is the craziest baseball injury you've ever seen injury i've ever seen oh um i was okay so i was playing in new york when i was 12 and this kid hit a line drive and it hit the umpire in the head and his head was bleeding and stuff. Yeah, that was pretty nuts. That same week, my friend got hit right in the chest with a line drive and he was pitching. Yeah, that was a weird week. That was a weird week. I haven't really seen any like crazy broken bones, but I've seen some crazy like balls getting hit. Pause, pause. But I've seen people get hit really badly. Um craziest injury i've ever seen i mean i gotta think about that for a second um football injuries are wild if you don't see them too because like people you could tear your acl just on open air you know right um (laughs) so i guess i i don't know if my own would be the craziest injury i've ever seen but i i was so i told the story 
actually on the podcast last night. I'll just tell it again. I was basically like playing Star Wars and I slid off the canopy of the, my jungle gym in my backyard and I landed on my arm and both these bones slid over and I had like a Z. And I can like I can like see it if I look at it. I can like see it, but it's like all fuzzy because like I was in shock and I was in third grade, but I can like see the Z if I like look at it right. And like the x-ray, I remember it was literally like my hand was here. Like, like you picture your hands here and then you're like, your bones are over here. And then it's like elbow. Oh my God. I was lucky enough to not have it poke through the skin. Like Kevin Ware, that basketball dude. I, that one, I remember that. That was insane. Oh my gosh. That's crazy though. You really, damn. I've had some pretty bad injuries. Like the ones that I hate though are like, cause I broke my foot playing basketball, but that one wasn't really that bad. Um, but the worst one was I tore my labrum, which is like, it's like, here's your ball and socket in your leg. And it's like, the, it goes, it's like the tissue that goes right here in between the, your like leg and your hip and like helps it move like this. So what happened with mine is, huh? I want to know how you tore it. <laughs> so kicking. So basically the movement of kicking, it's really common in like people, soccer players or like, um, uh, people who fight karate and stuff, whoever do that kicking motion all the time. Um, so what happened was here's my ball and socket. Um, and I keep doing this motion, right. And like, it kind of like scrapes a little bit. And then all of a sudden one day it got caught in there. And so most people just stop. It's called an impingement. Most people just stop kicking because not everyone kicks every day, but that's my position. So I just keep doing it and I'm like doing this and it's like, and then all of a sudden it rips out. So now I'm, and then I kept kicking. So it was like, I have like, it like a ripped part on this labrum, just like swinging and, and like, so it got caught and then ripped out from kicking. But I remember the practice that right before I like was like, all right, I'm injured. I was like, I was kicking and it was just like, every time I would swing, it was just sharp pain. Like I was getting stabbed in my, like, almost like my bladder almost or and it was just like a stabbing and I was like, oh, and I couldn't like, I could not like swing. And I would like every once in a while, I would like swing my leg and it would just hurt really bad. And then I finally went to the, um, see the doctor or see the trainer. And he was like, um, I can't remember what he said, but he didn't think it was that bad at first. And then they were like, you got to get an MRI. And they told me that I'm torn, um, labrum. And he was basically like, there's three things you can do. You could stop playing. You can make retire. You could get the surgery, but it's a 12 month recovery. And, and this was like in last, I tore it last. So last year around football season. And then he, the other one was like, you can, or you could just next season, like rehab everything and see if you can play through it. And I decided to not get the surgery. So technically I still have a torn labrum in my hip. So every once in a while it like just hurts hella bad, but like I've built up my strength so strong and like in my like lower legs and my abdomen that like I can kick fine with, without it. Like I'm not, I'm going to need surgery someday though. That's crazy. bro. So like I kind of had a little, like when I tore my meniscus, I kept playing on it because he was like the trainer we had at the time, my sophomore year was not very good. And he was pushing on it, like trying to straighten it. And I'm like, what are you doing, bro? And he's like, does that hurt? I'm like, yes, dude, it does like bad. So I get on crutches for like two weeks, but after two weeks, there was playoffs. Playoffs were about to start. And I was like, dude, there's no way I'm missing playoffs. So I went to the doctor to get my MRI. And then I played like four or five playoff games. I go back to get my MRI results, and he was like, yeah, it's just a small tear. So I was like, oh, okay, like for sure. And so played all the playoffs, played like three weeks of 
playoffs in state. And then I went back to get surgery in like June. And then all I remember was I woke up and he was like, yeah, it was way worse than the MRI showed us. Like, did he play on it and all this stuff? My mom was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, well, your meniscus like completely tore and it flipped around. And then it was like in my calf. So I had like 12 stitches in my leg. So my my leg was locked for six weeks and I was on crutches for six weeks. And then I had PT for six weeks. But I hate knees, bro. Knees are like knee injuries are the worst. They literally like it's it. They're so disgusting in there. One of the honestly, here's here's the thing. One of the worst injuries I've ever seen um, was Hayden, and he caught a ball. My friend Hayden uh, at Pacific, he caught a ball, and he got like smashed in between players, and his knee like dislocated out, and was like he had like structural damage, and I don't know if he. I think he might have tore some. I don't want to speak on it because I don't really know of what happened, but his knee was fucked and he like was still rehabbing it like a year later and it was bad. And I just remember like, you could see it when it happened. You're like, Oh, that's not good. Cause anytime anything happens with a knee like that, especially in football like that, you're like, that's, it, it can't be good. You know? Yeah. Oh, he got like sandwiched. You're saying, I can't remember. If he got sandwiched from like front and back or like front and side. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. Weird angles. That's bad. Like or like the injury. I don't know if you saw the injury that happened to Dak Prescott, where his foot was turned like this. I didn't see it. I heard about it, but I didn't see it. And then Joe Burrow too. Like his leg was like planted, and like he got tackled, and he could see him fold over his like leg. That's what football. That's like football. You, one tackle goes wrong, or you just yeah. fold the wrong way, you can end your career. The weird thing about football, though, is like sometimes. It looks bad, like in a tackle. You're like, oh, my God, and they're fine. They just get up and they walk away. But sometimes it doesn't look bad at all, and you're like they, – they're, like, screaming. They're like, ah, you know? Legs sideways. It's yeah. Like, no, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, basketball is kind of like that. ACL is bad in basketball because they just land wrong. But, I mean, football is one of those weird ones because all the lateral movements and all the, like, hitting different human beings where it's just like you could injure any part of your body. And the worst one is most of the injuries most people get are probably up here, and we don't even, like, take care of that. And internal, like, my dad said he used to play football, or my dad did used to play football, and he said he would, like, after a week of practice or something or after the game, he'd go home and, like, pee blood because it was just, like, internally, like, just crushing him. Yeah, bro, like, some of the bruises that I've seen, like, I don't know why I had this. I had this super bruise on my, like, behind like my lower back it was like this big i can't remember what i did but it was last year. i think i ate i think oh i don't remember what i did i was longboarding and i just and i just had this big bruise but like football players bro they have bruises everywhere like i mean obviously i'm a football player but kind of um uh they have bruises like everywhere all over their body you're just like bro i can't do that and they're just like everybody just hurts on sundays yeah i'll stick to baseball <laughs> I can't imagine like what it's like to be a professional athlete and play on Sunday night and then play on Thursday or Monday night and then Thursday. Oh God. That's what they're there for though. That's what's crazy. And it's like, people wonder why you talk to all these football players that have been playing forever and they're so like crazy and messed. It's like, dude, do you see what they're doing every week? I, one of the worst things that I've known about football is there's in each position there's something that can horribly go wrong and like offensive line is definitely 
like concussions and head. Like I know personal personally people who lie about the amount of concussions they have when they because they play offensive line, and like you, you can't have eleven concussions and still play football. You know, I know people who like have had countless concussions who are like, yeah, but I just lie, or like who like when they're taking the concussion test, they're like, yeah, that's I'm not gonna pass this. So like, not that they cheat, but they find a way to pass it and stuff. You know. That's and it's insane. like, bro, and it often like, dude, Matt, like you're you play since you were like what five told like these professional guys thirty five, right. thirty years of just head banging, just grown men, just head to head, every single play, defensive lineman, offensive lineman, hit heads, every single. That's yeah. And I didn't just think like, about that, but like from the perspective, of starting when you're ten or whatever, and then playing for thirty years, basically just getting your head smashed by a bunch yeah. of. Huge ass dudes, yeah. It's the it's the equivalent of like boxing for thirty years. No every, one boxes every for week. Years. Yeah, every week. Match, for thirty every years. Week. Oh my god! For like, and then practice and everything. You still headbang. Like it's just like, dude. It's like there's no way it's good for you. It's not. And no. I think that people aren't really aware about that. Like people just watch football. Like this yeah. is. Yeah, and I love football, but it's just like, bro, like there's a lot of things that rugby is way safer than football and they don't wear pads because no one's going to lead with their head when you don't have a helmet on. Exactly. And it's like, you no one thinks about that. It's like, dude, but you're making it so they hit each other and they're trying to make more rules about head to head, but dude, they don't do anything about yeah. offensive linemen. Yeah, they can't really. I mean, you can make as many rules as you want to, but it's not ever going to stop the problem, in my opinion. I don't think it'll ever solve anything to be honest because you still see head-to-head happen all the time it's a rule but people just take the flag and take the yeah. fire, whatever they have to do i've seen some crazy hits in my life too i've taken a i've been run over i've been smacked and stuff but like i've seen some crazy hits and i've hit some people and i know that like when you hit somebody super hard especially because i always hit them on like kickoff or punt or something which is like the most dangerous uh, play of the game when two people just run it and like when i having was like when like returns running out i just remember i just ran full speed at him and like i know the feeling what it's like to just have your head ring and like i cannot imagine what it's like to do that every single play like they do it every single play and like some of them pound dudes like yeah like like like, have you ever had your bell rung before yeah it's like dude you're like literally in a state of like i don't like you don't you can't think Right. It's like a state of shock. It's weird. And like, like even quarterbacks to an extent, like they get hit. Like if you're on a bad team, bro, good luck. You're going to get your bell rung quite a few times and you still going to have to make those, um, those calls. But it's like, dude, the amount of times you get like, okay, let's be, let's be real. Like positions like linebacker, stuff like that. Running back, running back, offensive line linebackers have to have their bell rung at least twice a game. At least. Even in, like, minor. And so, like, let's think about twice a game for a season of 16 games. That's 32 times you get your bell rung, which means that's probably about 50 times your brain is shaking in your head. So that's 50 times just in one year. Nobody should – or, like, nobody should have – and that's not even including practice. Nobody should have their brain swirling around in their head 50 times ever. (laughs) That sounds horrible. I mean – I think it's – I think what you were going along the lines with, like, they still have head-to-head and, like, they're making rules about it and stuff. Like, all of the 
I would guess you could say bad things that happen in sports. I feel like no one really, no one really cares besides the people that are in the sport. Like there's a lot of, exactly. There's baseball. Like I'm trying to think like the pine tar rule. Have you ever heard of that? Where you can't have pine tar too high on the bat because George Brett hit a home run like how long ago. And he had too much pine tar. Like, do you think people at home really care about that? Do you think people care about people want to see people get hit in the head? from like in football and stuff like people want to see that head-to-head huge hit and I think it's just I don't know it's mind-boggling to think that the people that sports don't affect or it doesn't affect them personally doesn't even matter it's crazy to, to think about like how much steroids were used like in the past right that's insane people are I don't care who you are people are better athletes now because they can do things that people could do on steroids in the past, but not if they weren't on steroids. People are better athletes now. LeBron James exists, and he has probably never taken steroids. And he is a physical specimen that exists on Earth. Exactly. And, like, you see – I don't know if you watch baseball a lot, but you know who Aaron Judge is from the Yankees? Like, Yeah. He's in Giancarlo Stanton. Like, these dudes are, like, 6'7", like, 280 playing baseball. And then they get tested every year for steroids, so they're not mm-hmm. on it. And it's like, why were people do, like? I get that they were trying to up their game or whatever, but I think that athletes and just sports in general have jumped to a whole different level. Like the people that are just being like genetically produced, like people are really coming out like seven three, like people are seven five, like, and it's just gonna keep getting yeah easier. That's the thing. You you put Taco Fall in like the six hundreds, they kill him. They fucking say they they're like seven six set like and imagine. people existed like back then like that are huge like that because like I mean we there's been people who are like nine feet and stuff that are just absolute giants but um but like these are like there's like a good amount of the population that's seven foot like there's at least a couple seven footers on each basketball team which means like what about the guys who don't make the NBA you know like there's got to be like I don't know. I'm going to look that up before we're, we wrap it up. I'm going to look up how, what's the percentage of people of basketball, like of people who are six, eight and above. Because we're talking about this subject. Do you think that life is just going to keep evolving and that people are just going to keep getting bigger? Or do you think that it's going to kind of stay the same? No, I think people are going to keep getting bigger. I think the average <laughs> height is going to be like six two by 2,300. And then I don't think people are ever going to be bigger than 10 feet, though. I think there's going to be a 10-foot person, but I don't think anyone's going to be over 10 feet ever. Like, I think the average height is going to max out at, like, 6'5". Can you imagine? In, like, 3,000 years, if there are people are still around. If people are still around, that's the thing. That's the thing. Like, these conspiracy theories and all the theories about our world that we're living in is insane. Like, I think... I've been really more aware of, like, I started watching, like, Epstein stuff. I started watching a lot of documentaries on theories about what the earth is going to be like and stuff. And it's really crazy because we're in a time right now that nobody else is like, experienced. Like, sure, there was a plague. Sure, there was Ebola. I'm not saying those aren't bad, but I'm saying, like, COVID is just – this year has been completely different. Like, it's affected the entire nation. Ebola yeah. really affect us. Um. Like, so it's just kind of weird. I don't know. So there's about 2,800 people in the world that are over seven foot, over seven foot, which is a lot of people. If you think about seven foot, 
That's like, that's like, dude, what are you doing if you're not in the NBA at seven foot? Like, that must suck, bro. I think it's weird because, like, you ever go to a store and you see, like, a huge dude and everybody's like, oh, how tall are you? Mm-hmm. Like, and they get mad because they're like, oh, my oh. God, yeah. Like, just think about all of those people that aren't in the league. And then you're talking about every NBA player's damn near seven foot. Like, that's There's nuts. 15% of the population is over six feet, which means, like, about 10% of the population gets asked how tall are they. Probably 12. Because if you're over 6'4", people ask you. Yeah, exactly. I want to uh, see. It's an interesting fact, though. One more to end it. 10% of the population is left-handed. Left-handed? Really? That's not that many people, honestly. I thought there would be like 50% of people. Are no, because how many left-handed people do you know? Uh, yeah, true. I would say, I would think it'd be like 30. 20. My dad is left-handed. It's like a left-footed. That's interesting. That is interesting. 6.1. Oh, wait. 8.2% of people are left footers though. So that means there are about 2% of people who are left-handed that are right footed. Why is that? That is weird. <laughs> that's, that's it. Why is it that most people are right-handed? Why? Why do you think? That's honestly a question that I've never even thought of. Um, I would just say, damn, I don't know. I think that right. Being right-handed was like a thing. Because I don't know if it's genetically or whatever. I don't know how that type of thing works. But when I was born, my dad taught me how to write right-handed, taught me how to do everything right-handed because he's right-handed. I don't know if your dad taught you how to do stuff lefty at all. But when I was born, like, I think that when people are born, whatever their parents are, like, doing or whatever their parents are showing, that's what they end up being sometimes. And I know that I used to be a switch hitter, and I used to, like, throw. I could throw left-handed a while ago, and then I just stopped doing it, and it got horrible. But I think that everybody's ambidextrous when they come out, but then it's whatever they really focus on throughout their childhood and stuff is what determines if they're right or lefty. I don't think it's genetics. Beautiful. A little bit. Beautiful. Well, big Bo, Bobo. My guy. Thanks for coming on. This was fun. Hell yeah. I appreciate it. We learned some stats about left-handers and, <laughs> and tall people. And we talked about code vaccines, but, um, yeah. Uh, if you want to just give yourself a little outro, talk about your music and stuff. Before you uh, first of all, shout out Colin, man. I know I see him doing his thing. He's got his podcast going. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, all that. See you doing your stuff. But yeah, um, if you want to go check out my music, it's on all platforms under Big Bo with two G's and big, like Gucci. Uh, you can check out uh, CSN Baseball this year. I'm going to be starting in center field, so that's going to be lit. So come out to a game if we're allowed to have people. And then I'll just tell you, if you don't wear a mask, even if you don't want to, you're weird because it's not for you. It's the people around you. Episode 30 with the man, the myth, the legend, Big Bo, John Howard Bobo, clean rapper of this century. Check him out on his social media at John Howard Bobo. His new single, Unknown Demons, is out now on all streaming platforms. Merry Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. And as always, bang sponsor me, but as always, stay demanding.